It's the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast. Coming in three, two, one. rest of summer is just perfect for the amateur and beginner astronomer, as well as the expert, too, I guess. We've got Saturn and Jupiter visible all night. Venus is easy to spot in the morning. Mars and Mercury offer a challenge for the early risers. We've got warm nights, giving us ample opportunity to enjoy some constellations. After, of course, going out there and finding those moving constellations of fireflies. So, um, anyway, welcome to Observing with Webb, where a high school astronomy teacher tells you what you're looking at, why it's so cool, and what you should check out later this month at night. Uh, don't forget, this is on YouTube. It's also on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. But let's move on to the events. I'm going to try to make this kind of quick for you. Um, starting off with the moons. You've got the full moon on the 3rd, the last quarter moon on the 11th, new moon on the 18th, and the first quarter on the 25th. But let's say you are just a person going out and taking a look. In fact, one of my friends from high school just um, messaged me and and was saying how amazing the sky looked at night, um, especially with two planets that we're going to see. So let's get started there. Throughout the night, you will be able to see Jupiter and Saturn. Okay, The cool thing is that they both get to opposition in July. Basically, what you're doing to find Jupiter and Saturn, let me show you here. We're in July. Now, in the beginning of July, Jupiter and Saturn will show up in the southeast. Okay, um, It's really easy to find. It is the brightest object down in that area. Well, basically the brightest object other than the moon. And um, kind of looks like an airplane as far as brightness goes, uh, but it definitely doesn't really move at the same speed. But Jupiter and Saturn are over here in the southeast, uh, and you have to get out, let's say, about after 1030. Excuse me. And um, for the rest of August, so as we go through July and August, you'll notice that they're a little bit higher up in the sky. And let's see. Let's You know what? Let's go to August... 30th, and let's go back by August 30th. So by the end of these two months, you will find. Oh, the computer's getting a little jittery there. Oops. Jupiter and Saturn will already be in the southeastern sky um, at sunset. So this is just going to be a great thing to see. So if we rewind the clock, you notice Jupiter and Saturn are lower in the sky at sunset. Okay? So. Jupiter, Saturn. Um, one of the other cool parts about this as well is that when you... I've shown you this before, but if you look at Jupiter and Saturn with a telescope, uh, you can easily see something like this, where you can see the bands of Jupiter and also the four moons, Io, Callisto, Ganymede, and Europa. Okay. Um, also, not too far away is Saturn. And of course, Saturn, you can see the rings of Saturn and maybe some of these moons like Titan and Rhea. Okay. All right. So get out your binoculars, get out your telescope. I don't care how junky your telescope is. It can pick up Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, As long as it's nice and steady, you should be able to see it. So 
planets. Look for Jupiter and Saturn this month. Now, the other five planets, or sorry, the other three planets of the five naked eye planets, we can see, but we kind of have to wait till the morning, okay? Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, throughout the next bit, Venus um, is going to be higher in the sky each morning, and it's going to be up there a little bit earlier each and every day. And it's actually going to be up there for about six months. So Venus is just a beautiful morning object for us to look at. So make sure you check that out. Now, you might have missed it there. In fact, I can almost guarantee you did. That Mercury shows up. Okay. And Mercury, you might be able to catch this. This is the fifth naked eye planet, the first planet. It's actually closest to the sun in its orbit. Uh, and that's why it's always going to be closer to the sun from our perspective than any other planet um, in, in general, especially Venus. Um, so what you'll notice is that if I'm out there at 5 a.m., okay, so bef- just before sunrise, um, in August, no Mercury. All right? So once again, we've got the – we've got Mercury – Venus and Mars in the morning, and then in the evening around sunset, you're going to have Saturn and Jupiter, probably the highlight of the next couple of months. So there you go. But what else is going on in the night sky? Basically, we have a whole bunch of close encounters with the moon and the planets, and we have the Perseid meteor shower. I'm just going to go right ahead and go to August 1st and head on over to sunset, which is 817. And oh, there it is. Jupiter, Saturn, and the moon all together in another triangle. It's almost the same thing. You notice it's a little closer to Jupiter and a little further from Saturn than before. But again, you have three objects within about five degrees of each other. Okay, So basically just look to the southeast on August 1st after sunset. You'll find the moon. Easy to see. Jupiter right above it. Saturn to the left. It's awesome. And you know what? There's going to be a third one of these at the end of the month. Okay, But One more, if you notice a pattern here, uh, the moon is now going to eventually meet up with Mars. And when is it going to do that? Well, it's going to do that on August 8th and 9th. Although I kind of have it in the morning, so 9th, 10th, let's go 8th to the 9th, okay? So the morning of the 9th, you will see the, the Mars, the moon and Mars pretty close together here, okay? Um, you do have to get out there after midnight on the 8th, but well before sunrise, okay? Um, and Red Ruddy Mars will be just 2 degrees to the left, okay? All right, here's the best part. Perseid Meteor Shower, okay? We got to go to August 12th, and I am going to show you almost nothing on here because you don't really see um, meteor showers here. However... Um, Let's go to sunset on, well, that's the 11th. Let's go one more day to the, there you go. And so the cool thing about if you're going to go out on the 12th or 13th for the Perseid meteor shower, you have some sights to behold even if you don't see the meteor. So you've got Saturn and Jupiter up there to take a look at. Now, let's say it doesn't really get dark until about 9 o'clock. That's when you can start seeing the meteors. Do you see a moon? I don't, and it isn't there. Uh, 
because you have to wait a while until the moon would actually come out. In fact, let's see if we can find it here. Nope, not 10 o'clock, not 11 o'clock. Oh, there's Mars, 12, 30. Oh, there it is. So right about 1 a.m. is when the moon is going to rise. Now, that means after 1 a.m., it's going to be a little harder to see these meteors. Uh, but before one, so this is a nighttime meteor. This is one of my favorite things to do. Usually when we go to Wildwood, uh, with my family, I like to go out on my own and just take a look and see if I can find some of these. Um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen this year, but I'm going to find a dark place to, to take a look at this. Now in dark skies, you should see 60 meteors per hour without light pollution. Um, but don't forget that the week before and the week after are still somewhat active. So even if it's a clear night and it's not the 12th or 13th, go out. You'll still be able to see one here or there. Uh, but the best time is going to be on the 12th to the 13th. Okay? Now here's the cool part. What you're really seeing is these leftover bits of dust and space junk, comet junk, that was left there by Comet Swift Tuttle. Okay, so it, it the comet is moving through the solar system and kind of leaves behind this junk, and so the Earth goes and is in orbit. It's moving pretty fast, and it orbits and it hits this stuff. Now, when we say it hits, it, think that our our atmosphere, okay, is surrounding us. So the little piece of space junk, okay, the atmosphere hits it first, and the atmosphere actually heats it up. Okay, crushes, the meteor kind of crushes the atmosphere, the atmosphere heats up, and that meteor burns up. Luckily, we have an atmosphere to keep us from any sorts of craters or terrible things that would happen if we didn't. So be thankful that we have meteor showers. But anyway, the thing you really want to do is find a dark location, lie down, uh, make sure you bring a reclining chair or a swimming pool floaty or something. Look toward Perseus, which is really the north. Okay, so you kind of want to look to the north, but you don't want to look at north. You kind of want to look at the whole sky. Okay, get a nice big view of everything, and you'll see Perseus rising. Okay. And that's where the radiant is. That's where the uh, meteors appear to come from. So you'll see lines coming out of Perseus in every direction, but they all originate at Perseus. Okay, um, Just make sure you go out and check, check the weather because you don't want to go out on a cloudy night. Um, keep your eyes away from light. Don't stare at your phone while you're doing this because even two seconds of staring at your phone can ruin the night vision you've taken 20 minutes to build up, okay? You want to let your eyes dark adapt as much as possible. Um, but anyway, that is the Perseid meteor shower, so um, make sure you go out there and watch to see these flying bits of space junk moving at 37 miles per second. Okay? Alright, so uh, last couple things. We've got August 15th. We've got a Moon and Venus. Oh, I'm going to have to move that back one. There you go, Moon and Venus once again. August 15th, we've got... Did I say April before? August. Uh, we've got the Moon and Venus over here. Now, if you look at this, you've got to make sure you have a nice view of the east-northeast horizon. Okay? Uh, but Venus will be easy to spot. The Moon should be easy to spot. Just make sure that you're getting out there... Um, 
excuse me, uh, just after, I believe, 3 a.m. Let me see. Let's rewind this a little bit. Uh, yeah, after 3 a.m., both of them should be up. And just like last month, Taurus was right nearby, this month, Orion is right nearby, which is really a winter constellation for the evening, but in the morning, uh, it's right about now. So um, August 15th, Moon, Venus, Orion, the great big bow tie in the sky over there in the east. Now, nothing's really going on for another two weeks, pretty much, but so let's move to August 27th, and the moon is actually going to be on the other side, so let's go to sunset and look to the west, and can you guess which thing is going to happen for the third time now? That's right, a nice close encounter between the moon, Jupiter, and Saturn, and that's there we go. Oops, missed it. There we go. So here's what's happening. Let me get it a little bit darker. Let's go to like nine o'clock. Okay, you've got the moon, you've got Jupiter, you've got Saturn all over there in the south. And what happens is on the 27th, the moon is off to the right of these two planets, and then on the 28th, Jupiter is just, I believe, two degrees above the moon, or the moon is two degrees below Jupiter. 29th, the moon sort of moves below and to the left of Saturn. And then on the 30th, they sort of make this line, eh, maybe not a perfect line, but it's up there, okay? And those are the events, all right? So make sure you get out there. Check out the uh, the notes and the, and the emails and the posts and stuff to find out all the dates or screenshot this whenever I have the dates up. But, um, yeah, make sure you get out there. July, August, lots of close encounters, and don't forget that meteor shower. So what constellations are you going to find? Okay, I'm going to wing this. I'm not going to go by my script here. Um, so when I typically go out during the summer, there are a couple things that I really like to find, okay? And I'm going to start with one of the kind of harder ones to find, the two that are hardest to find uh, because they're summer constellations, so you got to stay up late to find them, and they're low on the horizon, so they tend to be harder to see because there's more light pollution down here. But those would be the two constellations of Scorpius and Sagittarius, okay? Um, they're kind of, they're hard to find because of what I said before, but they're easy to find because the shapes are really easily recognizable and the stars are fairly bright. The Sagittarius, sorry, Sagittarius is really more of a teapot shape right there. And Scorpius is this really cool hook or... Um, Scorpion <laughs> uh, up in the sky. It's really just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, so this is also an area where the Milky Way is, so it's really nice to see some of the... Um, if you have binoculars, you can see some really faint fuzzies, which are entire um, clusters of stars. Uh, just a really great area of the sky here. Plus, you've got Jupiter and Saturn, so get out there. All right? Now, one of the other things that I like to do is look at the summer triangle, especially when I'm on vacation and I'm at the beach and it's a beach town and the lights are glaring. Uh, these three stars right here, okay, Vega, Lyra's brightest star, Deneb, Cygnus's brightest star, and Altair, Aquila's brightest star, they form a real big triangle in the sky and it's pretty much unmistakable. Um, it takes up just an, an amazing proportion of the sky. That's what's called the um, summer triangle. 
And it's not a constellation. It's an asterism, a common thing, but not an official constellation. Uh, but that's always good to see. I really... I. I always like looking at Lyra the Harp because that parallelogram, parallelogram is really easy to... I don't know. It's just beautiful for some reason. Cygnus is nice because you can actually envision the wings of Cygnus here. Um, like, it actually is one of those constellations that looks like what it is said to be. Um, and off usually to the left, but down in this perspective, is Delphinus the Dolphin, which, again, is just another really cool-looking constellation. It's small, but it's pretty. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I'm looking at in the summer, although I can follow the Arc, find the Big Dipper, and then follow the Arc to Arc Taurus to find booties, and then over here is Corona Borealis and Hercules. So, those would be my suggestions. Um, so again, July and August, look at the planets. You've got Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Venus, maybe Mercury if you got the timing right. And you've got some constellations up there. And, of course, the Perseid meteor shower, which is my favorite time. A nice summer laying out in the hammock at night just looking for meteors. It's got to be the best thing. So, anyway, I hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone is um, taking care of themselves and taking care of the people around them. Um, so, with that, um, please wear your mask, and I wish you very clear, dark skies for July and August. You are listening to the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast. The 365 Days of Astronomy podcast is produced by the Planetary Science Institute. Audio post-production by Richard Drum. Bandwidth donated by Libsyn.com and Wizard Media. You may reproduce and distribute this audio for non-commercial purposes. This show is made possible thanks to the generous donations of people like you. Please consider supporting our show on Patreon.com forward slash 365 Days of Astronomy and get access to bonus content. After 10 years, the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast is entering its second decade of sharing important milestones in space exploration and astronomy discoveries. Join us and share your story. Until tomorrow, goodbye. Goodbye.